Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. Hi there, and welcome to the Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Thursday morning, April 4th, 2019. He is indeed Tristan, and I am Eric, and the underrated Kyle Soppy pushes all the right buttons and reads the hash browns. It's weekend preview day, so we will prepare you and discuss what has happened already this week. Several key injuries and weird starting pitcher performances and a mess in bullpens. And then later on, of course... Hash Browns answering your questions. Tristan, how are you today? Getting ready for the big weekend? Oh, indeed. Gotta love the second weekend of uh, fantasy baseball. It's wonderful. Of course, I might say that about all 26 weekends of the fantasy baseball season. No, they are pretty cool. And, and there's a couple games that were scheduled to be on Thursday that have been pushed to Friday because of weather. We don't want these players to play in 30-degree weather. I mean, we want them to be at their best. And obviously, some of them have not been in the weather. Some pitchers that just have no command whatsoever. Some hitters are just striking out way too much. And maybe the weather has something to do with that. So we want them to play in warm weather, sunny weather. And it's supposed to be a nice weekend in the Northeast. And I might even break out the hammock for some radio play to listen to my Phillies. We'll see. Um, a big injury to discuss. We're going to start with that. Here is the buzz. All right, Tristan, it seems a little bit odd that two days after the Trey Turner broken finger, which came on a bunt, a misguided bunt attempt, we still don't have a timetable for how long he's going to be out. And maybe the Nationals just don't know. So let's discuss the other angle to this. Finding stolen bases in Roto Leagues. In a points league, you don't need steals. You can ignore them. It's just add them up all the numbers together. So don't go picking up the line of the shields in a points league. That's ridiculous. You don't even want D. Gordon in a points. But in a roto, I'm having a tough time finding stolen bases. It really is. The Shields, Greg Allen, Gerard Dyson, Garrett Hampson maybe of Colorado. There's not much out there. Yeah, Dyson was one of the first that I think is likely available in a large number of leagues that came to mind for me. And even there, he's not an everyday player for the Diamondbacks, especially with Adam Jones performing well initially. Dyson's just not getting the starts. But they are throwing him in there occasionally for defense as a pinch runner. So if you've got to go and desperately fill that one category, okay. And that's only to the Roto Leagues. you got to be happier in the points leagues that there are more options because it opens up to hitters, in which case, you know, Enrique Hernandez might be one who's out there in a decent number of leagues. I've been throwing Nick Amen who's out there in a lot of leagues. He's another one who could be useful in the points leagues. I like Hampson. I, I like the Hampson thought. He's playing regularly. We both had talked a lot about his uh, raw speed during the preseason. He's got a good plate approach, uh, and he's playing regularly now with uh, Daniel Murphy sidelined. Right, and we don't have a real timetable on Murphy either. Expected to be at least through April. Um, so Ryan McMahon, they're at home, the Rockies, for the fir- first time this season. They face the Dodgers, so they're going to face good pitching. Although Walker Bueller's first outing was pretty bad. Um, but Orius, the Sunday night game on ESPN is Julio Orius against Chad Bettis, at least as of now. And um, the Rockies ought to hit. I, I keep waiting for McMahon. He's still so young. I think it'll be fine. But again, between McMahon and Hampson in a points league, it has to be McMahon because he's got power. In a roto league, though, with so few players running, I think it's Hampson. And and I'd agree. I, I think it, it's a little bit closer in points leagues, but I'm not as confident that McMahon is going to be in there every single day as I am for Hampson. I feel like Hampson is a better option at second base defensively for the Rockies, and I think uh, McMahon's going to fall into that occasionally going lefty-righty with Mark Reynolds at first base. 
And by the way, as some of you know, the sound on our shows in recent episodes has been a little spotty, but we want you to know we are addressing it. Some new equipment is on the way, and we appreciate everyone's constructive feedback. Other injuries here. Um, your Yankees, I assume DJ LeMahieu is the everyday third baseman now. Should I care about that? Will he steal enough bases? Will he, he won't hit for power. I, he may even be the leadoff hitter soon. Like, they can't bat him fifth. What, what happens with this Yankee? We talked about the Yankees the other day, but the end of our injury, I'm not sure we were sure about. Yeah, and I, I think there is the very real concern that if it goes poorly, he loses the season here. I mean, he's out for the year because he'll have to have some sort of procedure to fix this. He is going to work through that. So I would say that that likely a month from now, we'll be talking about Andrew Hart getting back in the lineup. But it is a great opportunity in the short term. LeMahieu did lead off against the lefty yesterday. Uh, and I think that could be the case against most left-handers. But maybe he will hit fifth, sixth against the righties. He'll play every day. He'll play third base. I've got questions personally watching him about the defense at third compared to how he was at second base and that could have an impact on the pitchers but it's an opportunity and I know the home road splits with the Rockies weren't great he was not nearly the hitter he was on the road but Yankee Stadium does provide him a decent little bump there so in in the daily leagues in the the shallow mixed I think you can at least slot him in there in the home games Uh, and look for new look for news later Thursday on Jake Lamb of Arizona and St. Louis Cardinals Alfred and Marcel Azuna each having MRIs on different injuries. Um, they both look bad. I, I assume they're both going on the injured list. And the, the Cardinals could play Tyler O'Neill or Jose Martinez. I think they would lean to O'Neill here. But I don't know. And Dexter Fowler's no lock to, to hit or run or do anything. So, and with Arizona, we both love Christian Walker. I assume he would be the regular first baseman and they wouldn't mess around with Wilmer Flores over there. But give me your take on these situations. So uh, I'll address Walker first because we made the the comps previously to Jesus Aguilar that uh, not necessarily where Aguilar is today, but the way that he broke into the Brewers lineup is somewhat similar to Walker's. They need to be playing him regularly like the Brewers did with Aguilar. They need to get aggressive with this because he is a player who put up great numbers in AAA and so far so good in the majors. Maybe he's not just this quadruple A type. And I think it's a good ballpark for his power, even with the humidor. So definitely I'm on board there for the Cardinals. I'm a little unsure how that is going to play out. The thing with Martinez for me is just they sign him to that contract. They want to audition him here because maybe down the road he's a trade candidate to an American League team. So I think there's going to be a lot of mix and match. I think you got to wait and see if you can stash one of these guys on a deep bench. Go ahead. O'Neill has great power upside. I'd say Martinez is more batting average driven. Briefly on some hitters uh, to watch over the past week and to watch this weekend. Padres outfield. Hunter Renfro had a multi-home run game on Tuesday. They still have too many guys. Franchi Cordero is playing, Manuel Margot. They did play Will Myers in center when they said they wouldn't. I still think Myers is the only one you have to roster in a 10-team standard, but I would rank Reyes over Renfro at this point. Do you agree? I do agree with that, yes. And at least so far, the lineups are supporting that. Reyes has been playing. I believe Reyes has played uh, five out of the seven games so far. Renfro, I think it's – he might have also had five. I think it's four out of the seven. By the way, if you need a middle infielder with the Turner injury, it doesn't have to be a guy who steals bases. Just get a guy who has power, and you can make up the steals in July, maybe. Brandon Lau of Tampa Bay is going to hit for some power. Um, there are some, I, you know, Neil Walker is, is middle infield eligible. I bet he hits like 15 home runs from Miami and then gets traded somewhere else. I think there's more power options out there. Not big power, but enough power that you can pick up. Um, speaking of power, Yohan Moncada 
as a hit in every game. Uh, he's hit for power. Three walks, three strikeouts. That's what I first noticed. He can't be a great player striking out 200 times, but he doesn't look like the same hitter. Or is it just he's feasting on like Cleveland's bullpen so far? What do you make of Moncada, if anything? <laughs> oh, we got to knock every part of Cleveland that's not the rotation, huh? I, I agree with you, though, on that. Um, Mankata, you know, what's really interesting about this is that it comes on the heels of what was an extraordinary spring training, slash 356, 469, 642 during spring training, 11 walks, 16 Ks, and the 64 trips to the plate. So it's not like this is just a one-week uh, blip. Maybe he has made a, a little bit of an improvement there. Uh, maybe getting the different look going over to third base is helping him as well. It helps certainly for fantasy with the, the position flexibility here. But I like the fact that he got moved and this had no impact on his hitting. A lot of times you see players struggle to adapt. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to buy in here. And by the way, for those asking, and you do every year, 10 games is the midseason eligibility mark. Moncada's at five games a third. He needs thus five more. Uh, Randall Gritchick got a two-home run game. He's hitting well over the past week, and he also got paid a long-term extension, which seemed a little bit odd. I mean, I understand Ozzy Albee's getting a long-term extension. Um, and some of these other guys, Brandon Lau, like the Scott Kingery deal, Gritchick's kind of in between. We kind of think this is what he is. He's not going to get any better, but he's, he's still like a 25-homer guy, which is maybe good enough. It is, and you know, so far he's been a little bit more patient. The walks are starting to come. If that develops a little bit, if he bumps up even the on-base percentage just a little bit, let's say he gets up to 315, 320, that is going to boost his value by a good amount. So, I mean, it's a good ballpark for him. I like the fact that they're making the commitment to him as a regular player. That's kind of the first time he's really gotten that long-term opportunity to do so. And I'm often asked, how do you know when you start to believe in a starting pitcher that you didn't believe in in March? And the answer is, I don't know. I need to see more. I need to see probably three, four outings. But, you know, people are asking about Matt Shoemaker, uh, who's pitching great. Uh, Jordan Zimmerman, who looks revitalized. Um, David Hess, even. I, you know, no. I'm saying no <laughs> right there. But, you know, these are guys that are being added in leagues. Um, like Chris Paddock and Julio Orias, that's different. These guys are young. They throw hard. They should be really good. Matt Shoemaker, I, I mean, maybe he's this year's Trevor Williams, but I'm just not really buying. How do you know, Tristan? You win your leagues. How do you know <laughs> when to actually pick up? Guys like Shoemaker and Zimmerman uh, when us when others don't know. Well, well one thing is that sometimes your roster forces you into taking some chances and you simply throw a dart on the wrong or on the right guy if you've got injuries and you can move guys off to your injured spot or you have players who are struggling or, or on the sidelines or not on the rotation you can cut them and add a couple of these players and maybe you just hit the right dart for me though it's if something has changed now in shoemaker's case what's catching my eye is control so far pretty good keeping the ball down the ground ball rates over 50 percent uh, we're looking at less than two per nine is his walk rate now it's an incredibly small sample i understand that but it's a plus i in fact just uh, to throw another name in there eric you and i talked about freddie peralta the other day and i was very dismissive about him and then i went and looked and i saw that he's bumped up his fastball velocity near near two miles per hour these are things i'm writing down as i track guys and maybe i'd throw a dart today they sit on my bench i see how they go over the first four to six starts of the season but these are improvements and those are the ones that should be catching your eye I wrote about the Brewers rotation in today's blog. I write blogs Monday through Thursday. They're posted. Go check them out. I like all the Brewers starting pitchers, basically, but check it out anyway. By the way, getting tickets online, we'll do these uh, closers right after this. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. 
That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person. And SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And best of all, listeners to this fine show get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code FFB today. That's promo code FFB for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. The Closer Carousel. All right, it's a carousel. Um, <laughs> it really is this year. <laughs> so a couple of things have changed since our last show. I will say I will say this. I think Blake Parker is Minnesota's closer now. I'm not expecting more than 25 saves, but it's pretty clear what happened yesterday was, uh, I don't want to say, it was odd. Trevor May was cruising. He got five outs. There was one out left in the game. Alex Gordon was up, and all of a sudden Blake Parker comes in. It wasn't a pitch count thing. I just think Rocco Baldelli wants the experienced guy. Don't you agree? Kind of. Um, I actually think May might fit into what we talked about with Rysel Iglesias the other day, where I think he's the considered the best reliever who's going to come in in the most critical moment in the game, and a lot of times those do reside in the ninth inning. But I think Parker is going to be the next read for Baldelli. I think there will be, still be a bit of a committee going on, in other words. Matt Barnes pitched the eighth inning in a tie game on the road against Oakland, which left Ryan Brazier for the save. I guess you could say maybe Brazier's the – how do you pronounce it? Brazier. Brazier. I don't know how to pronounce it's, it. It's Brazier. 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 Um, he could be the closer. I still think it's Matt Barnes, though. If you had to roster one of them, i say it's Barnes, don't you? I, I agree with that, and I think this is another signal of – and managers are doing this much more this season, using your your – closer slash best reliever in the game's most critical moment. I think that was all that was yesterday. Greg Holland is the NL version of Shane Green, but neither one of them are giving up anything. They both look good so far, which probably means you sell high <laughs> and trade them for whatever you can. And you, you basically you, you trade Greg Holland for your fourth or fifth outfielder, and then you just go and pick up Anthony Swarzak of Seattle, who's probably going to do just as well. Right? <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, I mean, they're saves. They're the closers. They are performing right now. Enjoy it. But you were saying what I always do with this. It's that you've got to formulate your exit plan. I cannot trust these guys over the entirety of the year. I would say, given the choice between the two, Green's track record, at least in the past couple of years, is a little bit lengthier. I feel a little bit safer with Green of the two. Alex Wilson got Milwaukee save on Wednesday. They can't use Josh Hader every day, but I do think Jeremy Jeffress, when he comes off the injured list, is going to be in line for a lot of saves there. So you can say whatever you want about Hader, and he is awesome. Although, you know, one one of his saves w- would have been blown if Lorenzo Cain doesn't jump over the fence. The narrative might change a little The opener, here. yeah, the he opening is, game. Yeah. I mean, look, I, Josh Hader is going to end up, I think, a top 10 fantasy relief pitcher with the I strikeouts. Think- yeah, I think top five. You, maybe top five. But was he, is he going to get 20 saves? I still say no. Um, Philadelphia and Washington. Wow, that was hard to watch. I'll say <laughs> this for Trevor Trevor Rosenthal. I, I feel bad. He can't throw strikes. He's not the only one. But um, if you picked up Rosenthal because you know Sean Doolittle never pitches 60 innings, I don't think, I don't think Rosenthal is next in line. He might not even be on the team in a week or two. So he just he has to throw more strikes. 
David Robertson, I kind of trust more to find his command, but he ain't getting a save this weekend. I'll tell you what, I think Hector Neris is probably getting the next save over Sir Anthony Dominguez. I do. I, I, I like don't know that. why. You know, I just think Dominguez, they want him to get more than three outs. You know, so. Yeah, Dominguez is, you know, I mean, I, I think that a lot of bullpens are morphing into this. I want to use my best, my, my, my best stuff reliever for more than three outs at the game's most critical moment. And I think Dominguez fits that hater and Iglesias and May, and maybe that's Barnes. I think he fits that mold here. And I, I'd agree with you from that aspect. I really liked Hector Neris coming into this year. I thought there was a lot of value considering how late he was going, even in the only leagues. I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Give Robertson a breather here in a less high-pressure situation. He had thrown the ninth every game before that, and he has not looked good. And on Monday's show, the new closers we'll be talking about are A.J. Minter of Atlanta. And who was the other one I wanted to make sure we mentioned? I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> but I'll probably remember at some point. Oh, David Hernandez of Cincinnati. I'm just I'm predicting that those guys guys will be getting saves really, and they will be getting saves soon. Well, I mean, you know, David Hernandez. If, if Iglesias isn't closing, then who is? Welcome so, aboard. Welcome aboard the bandwagon. I talked a lot of people well, throwing a dart at David Hernandez, and you know, uh, we'll see how it plays out. I don't know if I'm as aggressively jumping into this saves projection for David Hernandez, but I like the arm. I, I don't think any Red or Philly gets 20 saves now. That's that's what I okay. think. Yeah, I can um, see. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I think that's I'll, fair. I'll, by the way, there was a question here from Brett about Vince Velasquez's role. He's the fifth starter. They have so many off days in the first week. He's not a relief pitcher. Not yet. He could be next year. But, like, if something's wrong with Robertson, I don't think they go out and sign Craig Kimbrell. I don't think they move Velasquez to the bullpen either. I think they just use from within. Pat Neshek might get some saves. But Velasquez is a starter. I just don't think he's going to be a fantasy-relevant one. Um, all right. Let's move on now to the weekend preview as I move down on my list here. Okay, ESPN Plus today has Aaron Sanchez uh, of Toronto, who I like, against that awful Cleveland offense. You can't bat Tyler Naquin cleanup and Jordan Luplo and expect to score runs, and yet the manager's got an extension on his contract. I, we should all be so lucky. But um, Trevor Bauer may not be getting much run support today against Aaron Sanchez. That's something to watch. I mean, what do you think of Corey Kluber? That's two bad outings now. Cleveland's offense is so bad, and they're not going to get Lindor back in April – can you worry about Cleveland starting pitcher? Um, I mean, if you've got to put a weight on likelihood of wins, you need to make some sort of adjustment here. But I really hate overstating that. I hate saying it at all. That's the only thing that's going to have an impact on in terms of the starting pitchers, I think, because I love those guys. I mean, first team in history to have four 200 strikeout guys. And I was, what, two years late on that bold prediction way back when. Uh, the offense is bad, though. I don't think that's Francona's fault. I think that's just the roster's been allowed to just get stale year over year for the past two to three. Um, but, yeah, it's an opportunity for opposing starters. Aaron Sanchez, I want to get on board with you. I, I do. I, I feel like there's a good career there, a productive pitcher there, but the blister issues held him back in the past. I'm not I'm not quite there yet. I, I, I feel like this is just a, a streaming opportunity. Look, managers look good when they have good players. And they look bad when they had bad players. Okay, was it Gabe Kapler's fault that Dominguez and Robertson were terrible? No. Is it Francona's fault that Tyler Naquin's his third best outfielder? That's ridiculous, but no, of course not. But when, you know, managers look, and, you know, Joe Madden, who used to be, look a lot better, you know, I mean, is it his fault they had six errors the other day? Uh, anyway, that's what, I also watch you Darvish today. That's not Joe Madden's fault when you Darvish is walking every other hitter almost literally. I mean, you mm-hmm. Darvish did his Tyler Chatwood impression the other day. I don't know what you do there. 
I mean, if he if he does it again today at Atlanta, I guess they'd stick him on the DL with some phantom injury and, and he has to work out his command, right? I mean, I don't I do not want Darvish for this outing today. That's yeah. just my bottom line. I, I wouldn't jump to the idea of throwing him on the IL just to get him off the roster and out of the rotation temporarily, but the fact that he had some injuries late in spring training makes me wonder too. So it's a good point. Uh, by the way, on Friday, there is now day action at the White Sox, at the Rockies, so get those lineups in early. ESPN Plus at night has uh, Pablo Lopez, who is everyone's sleeper now, you and me, against Kevin Gosman making a season debut. I'm not trusting Gosman yet. Um, Lopez, you and I both love. I would add Brandon Woodruff from Milwaukee. I'd add every Milwaukee starter right now. Even, I guess even Zach Davies, although he doesn't have the strikeout upside. I know you don't like him that much, but he was passable in 2016 and 17. But Woodruff and Corbin Burns could be excellent. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying to add these guys. Frankie Montas at Houston. Do you believe? E- well, Houston's a terrible <laughs> matchup for him. I-, I can't use him for this one in our game's context, but I like the arm. And I've that's that's one where I've taken a flyer in any of the leagues that were deep, en- deep enough to support it because Montas did introduce that splitter during spring training. And it looks pretty good. The, the, at least the, the brief times I've been able to see it, it looks like there might be something there. Saturday on ESPN Plus, there's something there in Detroit as Matt Moore hosts Jorge Lopez. Um, you know, Matt Moore goes into the Jordan Zimmerman pile for me. I know it was a good outing. I don't care. I, I, but when will I care? Will it be three or four outings? Maybe. And then it might be too late to add him. I'm okay with that. I just can't imagine. I mean, nothing's changed with Jordan Zimmerman in the peripherals. He just has pitched well. I, mm-hmm. I just, I'm not buying. I'm sorry. They're streamers. That's it. They're streamers. And, and even then, I, I'm not, not there streamers. with more. Zimmerman yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, you're, I, I actually think Jorge is, could become interesting. I took him in a deep league in a draft recently. Um, I, don't think league. I don't think you're giving Zimmerman enough credit as a streamer. He did show times last year where he did have that utility. I had I had a lengthy debate with somebody in a super deep league last year, and it was either June or July, about is Jordan Zimmerman worth even the discussion? And, yeah, I, th- I think he's worth the discussion as a streaming pitcher. Okay, I'm, I'm willing to admit that. I, I'm, I admit I'm wrong every day. But I'm I think there's okay nothing there. more there. You're, I think you're correct in that, you know, like, this is not a guy to invest in. No, I mean, like, Chris Paddock. I mean, come on. You, you want Chris Paddock. Michael Pineda at Philly? No. Philly's offense is still scoring seven runs a game. Their bullpen may be giving it up. Um, Aaron I don't Brooks, know. I'm no. tempted on Pineda. Why? Live arm. I don't think he's going deep enough in this game to matter for our game, but I think there is something there for him. And if you're in an a- if you're in an only, he's in for me. Oh, oh, an A only, I'm in. Sure, in a mixed. I'm just not there yet. What if the Twins start playing Williams Asadio between catcher and third base and DH like literally five days a week? He's a top ten catcher. Yes, absolutely. But let's be clear. He might bat 300, but, like, this is not a power guy. He doesn't walk or strike out, but, like, 12 home runs and 400 PA, right? Does that He's, seem about fair? I, I think he'll be 300, 305, 310 for his final set. No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking <laughs> no, to an extent. he has more power than that. I, he does have more power than that, but I, I don't want people to get carried away with just what he is. I've, I've seen a couple people tweet it as say, thanks for the Estadio pickup. He's a very good catcher because he's not going to hurt you, not because he is great. His contact ability is what drives his fantasy value, but it's not a lot of pop. You play him every day, I'm with you. It was 12 you gave for the home run projection? Yeah. I think that's fair, if he plays every day. We're like starting to regard Austin Barnes as a potential top 10 catcher. He's he's hit well so far. The back end of the top 10 is missing two names. Austin Barnes and Astadio could be top 10 catchers by this time next week. Yes? 
Uh, yeah, they yeah, they certainly could based on the the lack of depth of the position. I'm more there with I mean, us to do. No. Who else? Wellington Castillo, Robinson Chirinos. Why not take a shot? Danny Jansen looks terrible. Why not take a chance sure, sure. on one of these other guys? Sure. Um, watch. I bet. I bet on Monday we're talking Walker Bueller having a tough outing at Coors. First outing Bueller. was bad. Something's wrong. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Wow. And he Learning. didn't even know I was going to say his name. I know. And Kyle has no idea where that comes from. I know it's from a movie. I've never seen said movie, but I, I've heard oh, it enough no. to know that it's no. See, that's no. why I hesitated to click times. it. You, no. you mentioned Bueller earlier, and I, I was no. gun shy, but I came through. <sighs> oh, I Fry. Uh, Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN, Julio Orvis and Chad Bettis. Good luck to Bettis. Dodgers hitting a lot of home runs. you got to pick up Jock Peterson. He's, he's hitting. Although he might, might not be any better than last year's version, but we notice it when it's a good first week. Thanks um, a lot. Else? Thanks a lot for rubbing it in about me having Jock Peterson sitting for the first week of my Vampire League matchup. I saw that. I was, oh, man. That nice. is going to cost competing. me my yeah, matchup. Right there, too. Oh, well, why would you have sat him? I don't even have any bench hitters. Like, you why would why? you have sat him? Because no, the, I don't. Yeah, because on the day that we were, it was the right decision the day we made it. Because the, and you and I even talked about this that it looked like Alex Verdugo was going to steal some starts against righties. I didn't think he would steal him from Peterson. I, I, I'm pretty sure of that. I don't think I have him either. Then where Look, would we both played? can actually, we could actually win week one in the Vampire. How like the guy I'm that? playing. No, you're jinxing it. Knock on wood. I think I'm jinxing. Look, I think it's a lot of fun, actually. Like, I have a terrible team. And and the offense has done nothing except steal bases. I'm only batting like 201 this week. But the other guy's batting 198. Now, look, we still got four days of games to go. I thought I could steal some pitching categories, not saves per se. Like, I have Sergio Roma, but he could get a save or two this weekend. But my starting pitching is doing okay, and I can smell Jose Ramirez being stolen from that guy's team. Wow. But. A week you know, one win and, for the Vampire would be so huge to get a staple player on your team yeah. from the get-go. You know who I could get if I win this one? Who you taking? Max Scherzer. No. That's who I'm playing. I think I'm I playing steal, the guy with Max Scherzer. I mean, I'm getting lucky. I mean, let's face it. I'm getting lucky. The guy has Corey Kluber. I'm not going to steal Kluber. I think he has Kluber. Um, I would steal Ramirez. But we'll talk about it on Monday. And I I, I already got Fernando Tatis and like three other hitters, so my offense is right. going to be a lot better. After we Either lose, way. we'll talk about um, it on Monday. <laughs> I don't care if I lose. This is fun. It it's is. fun either way. Yeah. All right. You know what else is fun? Answering your tweets. After this, uh, we'll ha- I'll have Kyle read your tweets. They're called Hash Browns, and, we- and Tristan will answer them. Hey, it's a combo meal. Yeah, curve. I know we said we were going to do hash browns there, but um, it's our show. We can do what we want. Um, so, Tristan, who had the combo meal since, mo- since I guess, Monday? <laughs> since Monday. I want, you to, I want you to say the name. I want you to say the name, sir. Okay. Well, I'll happily say it. Brett Gardner had a combo meal, and I'm really proud of the guy. <laughs> Thank you, Brett Gardner, for having a combo meal. It's the only combo meal Anyone I could else? possibly have. I don't know. I, hold on. Let me. I'll have to check my research. I think someone else there. had one. Uh, there's this. Adele Berto? Adele, isn't she a singer? Adele, yes. Adele had a combo <laughs> meal on uh, on Tuesday. Yep, yep. That's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And then Ozzy Albies, of course, uh, yesterday. Of Adelberto Mondesi, all right. 
the, the, the sixteen-year-old producer has heard of Adele, but not Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, <laughs> oh, sing us some anyway, Adele, Mondesi, Kyle. Come on. Yeah, I don't have a drop for that one, so we're just going to pass and move on to Mondesi. <laughs> um, that was an inside the park home run too. He is so much fun, Tristan. The triples, the inside the park home run, the forty steals he's going to get. I, I think he's batting two over two fifty too. I do. I. I think this is a top 100 player for sure. But I think he might be better than Ozzy Albies. I think he is better than Ozzy he Albies. He might for be. A, yeah, that's that's not a big stretch to me, though. Um, I, I think the batting <laughs> average still is, though. He's, he's still doing the plate discipline things he did last year. So let's not get ahead of ourselves yet. There's <laughs> still nary a walk. I'll give you that. All right? And and I don't know when the first walk is coming. We're not going to get a myriad walk of walks here. But... <laughs> Over under on Mondesi walks, oh, uh, like seventeen. <laughs> yeah, right, that's that's a good, PA? good projection there. I think he'll get over that, but I don't think it's going to be by much. <laughs> and he's going to bat like seven hundred times. He's yeah. going to have over. He and Wit are going to bat seven hundred times, and like Wit's going to have like seventy of the the ninety walks between them. Anyway, that's enough of that. Now the music for Hash Browns. Okay. <laughs> Hello from the other side. Isn't that what the word is? There you go. I think yeah. that's what it is. Or if not, it at least sounds right. I'll set fire to the rain. I love that one. What is that? It's my favorite Adele song. Who is that? You oh, that's Adele. Adele. Oh, yeah. It's a combo meal. No, I don't know Adele. Adele is high quality. You've got to listen. All right. Well, I listen to Zeppelin and the Stones. I don't, I don't really know anything in the last 20 years. Sorry. Oh, boy. Adele is one to make the exception for of modern music, yeah. So, Kyle, uh, Led Zeppelin was a band in the late 60s and early 70s that had, mm. like, some great music. Stairway to Heaven, What's uh, Rock Zeppelin? and What's Roll, Dazed and Confused. Yeah, Google it. And, uh, That's the thing okay. that the kid in the Christmas story got for Christmas, and if it's made out of lead, it'll, like, sink really quickly. Hmm. <laughs> He's never seen that. I mean, come on. That's no, crazy. I... Oh, All right, oh, there's probably God. some questions, right? There are many questions. Some came on uh, Twitter about baseball. <laughs> there's many questions in my head about what's going on right now. David wants to know if you should hang in there with Mike Zanino or move on to the waiver wire for something better. I mean, what did you think Mike Zanino, Zanino was going to do? I, I'm, well, I'm just kind of like semi-serious. Like, did you think he was going to hit 300 in the first week? He is what he is. And, and, and what he is is a guy who doesn't hit for average. Sorry. Mike Zanino is going to hit 20 home runs and bat 200. And that's probably about it. I think he might hit more homers Tristan, than that, too. That? Yeah, he's going to be streaky. He might hit more homers than that. But I think your average is not unfair at all for a projection. And you had to know that when you took him. If you wanted safety a catcher, take Astadio. We talked about a couple of minutes ago. He's a, he's a legitimate 300 capable hitter. Right. And I think the batting average difference is enough to overcome the home run difference. I personally, I did not draft any players in any drafts where batting average mattered where they could kill me. I have no shares of Joey Gallo. Um, I definitely have no shares of Zanino. I just, I don't want anyone who's, Chris Davis of the Orioles, I feel kind of bad. Now that's, this is getting out of hand with him. He doesn't have a hit in like his last 30 PAs. 
Like I don't, I don't, I had not. I will, oh, Chris Davis of the Athletics is okay. He bats two forty seven every year. Although, did you see? I wrote in over uh, two fifty two. So, <laughs> so you read that? I saw. So, that. Yeah, I saw. I thought that was really bold. I, I, like, I mean, that's huge. They were asking for bold predictions. What is bolder than Chris Davis has literally a two forty seven for four consecutive years? What could be bolder <laughs> than saying he won't do that? I think you gave him fifty fifty two bombs too, if I remember correctly. That's. I did. That's a strong season. And, and actually, what's more impressive, really, Tristan, yeah. is that he's up total five consecutive seasons. That's yeah. really hard to do. What was the grade of wings so, that you were, you were judged on that one? And I was judged to have the weakest take of all the people that supplied I was takes. second or third MLB behind page. you. I'll tell you this. I was very proud to be tabbed the garlic parmesan, which is one of my favorite and most underrated of the wing types. <laughs> Just... All right, so it wasn't a bold. I actually, and I also said Oakland will lead the majors in home runs. I thought that was pretty bold too. But I was judged to be unbold. You know, there's really nothing good that can come out of being bold. I've noticed whether it's a, <laughs> if the do not the do not draft article. Nothing good comes from that. Nobody ever sees the positive of the you know flag, plant your flag players. Like they yeah. never remember that I said, oh, this guy like Christian. Nobody remembers I said Christian Walker is going to 25 home runs. All they remember is what I said about Yelich and Hader. And they both look wrong. I'll give I don't you, care. I'm going to give you three <laughs> catchers to bring back to the Zanino thing as to give me a yes/no as to whether you're adding them for him. Okay, three sure. different types. All right, Francisco Cervelli, Mr. Safety. Yes. Okay. Isaiah Kinder Falifa. Part-timer. Never playing. Qualifies. Yeah, you know, look, I'm not going to roster Zanino, but I wouldn't go get Kinder Falifa over him. Okay. And Francisco Mejia. The upside oh, guy. definitely. Definitely. I have Mejia shares everywhere. And I could have had Zanino even cheaper in one league in an auction, and I still went with Mejia. Mejia's not playing that much, but I think he will. I'm going to be patient. I don't care if Mejia plays like twice a week in, the, in April. I'm going to be patient. He's good. Not playing right now is you helping know, you more than Zanino is. That's absolutely. the thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's why I picked those um, three, because I think of, the, of the, either the safety or giving you the upside in limited time. You know what else I love? I love that Dollar Shave Club has everything I need to look, feel, and smell my best. What I love even more is the fact that I never have to go to a store. That's because DSC delivers everything I need right to my door. And two, they keep me fully stocked on what I use so I don't run out. Here's how it works. Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to get ready no matter what you're getting ready for. They have you covered head to toe for your hair, your skin, your face, your name. You name it, they have it. And they have this new program where they automatically keep you stocked up on the products you use. You determine what you want and when you want it, and it shows up right at your door from once a month to once every six months. I love that Dr. Carver's shave butter is so smooth. It just makes shaving easier, and really isn't that what we all want as men? Plus, with their handsome discount, the more you buy, the more you save. Right now, they got a bunch of starter sets you can try for just $5, like their oral care kit. After that, the restock box ships regular size products at regular price. So what are you waiting for? Get your starter set for just $5 right now at dollarshaveclub.com slash FFB. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash FFB. All right, Kyle. All right. Somebody who needs a little bit of help right now is Miguel Cabrera. Not sure Dollar Shave Club's going to help him out, but Saturday Spread wants to know if he's officially done. Can we call it a career for Mr. Cabrera? You know what I thought was funny? Somebody tweet, maybe this guy tweeted it out, and somebody else answered the tweet saying Eric's going to say be more patient, and that guy was right. It's um, he does look bad. 
There's nary an extra base hit. I used that twice in the show, but I'm going to get away with it. Um, <laughs> but I bet he, he could homer today or tomorrow. Like, I, I'm I'm not worried yet. I want to see. What do I need to see? Three weeks? I guess three weeks is what I need to see. Would you drop Cabrera for Christian Walker right now? I would not. I'd try to find another way to get Walker on the roster. I think uh, Cabrera, the, the, the issue I have here with bailing after not even a week yet. I mean, well, let's see. Yeah, we'll be at a week once we get to 1 p.m. today, Eastern. Um, is that he has one of the best contact qualities, at least from last year, despite the fact that he had all, all those injuries. And so far this year, when he has made contact, it's still been a pretty decent quality. Yeah, I'm going to be a little bit more patient. So, Nothing all right. wrong with that. Next. Patience is okay. Andrew notes that David Peralta's got four straight multi-hit games. And Pete Alonso also looks good in the early going. You buying long term for either or both? Huh. Um. So uh, Peralta and Alonso, right? Yep. I think and Peralta, we know who he is. We saw what he did last season. I don't care about his first six or seven games. Alonso, I think the Mets are doing exactly the right thing. They bat him second. He looks terrific. The power is legit. He might lose a lot of batting average. I think he ends up at 250, but Dominic Smith is the backup first baseman and pinch hitter. And I don't see Dominic Smith playing that much, more than like once or twice a week. Against a tough right-hander, I would do that. Like if they're facing Scherzer, play Dominic Smith. I'm cool with that. I bet, so better numbers this season, Pete Alonso or Christian Walker? Uh, I'm going to say Alonso. I am too. Um, Pete Alonso or Miguel Cabrera? I think I'm sticking with Cabrera still. That's close. Good debates between any of the three of them. The issue I have with Alonzo is that he's still not showing much difference from what I would have projected. And that is that he's going to have a lot of Ks, so the batting average will be variable. Swinging at a lot of non-strikes, the swing out of zone rate is 36%. If you're getting near 40, that's a pretty bad number. Swinging strike rate's near 14%. This guy's got a lot of, of, of swing and miss in his game. So the role is kind of driving his value so far. I'm not I'm not there yet on him being a star. I think in, in Dynasty Leagues, of course, that's obvious to me. But I'm not upgrading him significantly. Peralta, I mean, you, you said it best. I, I just don't think anything's changed. You know, in, in Dynasty formats, I don't invest in first baseman that much. I mean, if, if I end up with Goldschmidt somehow, I love him. But a young first baseman, I'd much rather have a middle infielder. Or an outfielder who runs. I avoid catchers. I avoid catchers, first basemen, and relief pitchers in dynasty formats. What's the best Pete Alonso can do? Two, 260? 30 home runs? Like, I just don't think in dynasty. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, what's his, what's his ceiling? I feel like his ceiling is just okay. Like, 40 home runs? I mean, what, what, what do you think is the best that Alonso could do? I, I think it's that. I think it's 260 and 40. But I think okay. that's shooting for the moon, and we're talking down the road. I don't think that's happening this year. I, I worry right, that he's so going to be, be like a 230 hitter this year. Which makes him a really kind of average dynasty selection. Well, What's so special about that? You see, the thing is, first base is not as star-studded as it, as it used to be in the past. So if you find it important to fill that position on your dynasty roster, then he does grade very well compared to the other players at his position. The problem is that reaching that high ceiling is not going to give you the value that those studs from the past did. Miguel Cabrera in his prime and Joey Votto in his prime and Pujols in his prime, they were fantasy stars. Well, that's my point. I yeah. like Pete Alonso. Yeah. I really do. But, like, 
what, what's so special statistically? Look, if you're in an NL only, of course, that's different. If you're in a 20-team mix, of course. But if you're in a 10-team standard points league, I, I like Pete Alonso. I think he'll help you, but I, I take him over Yonder Alonso. But, like, what are you really expecting here that's really going to, like, turn the needle? I just, I'm not there yet. I would take Peralta. I mean, I, I think most everybody would. Well, in a dynasty okay. league, I can see the case otherwise, but I'm with you in every other circumstance. All right, that's next. Nary a hit for Winker this season. Spencer wants to know if you're punting on him or are you staying staying in there on the sleeper hype. All right, now, you, now you're abusing the word. I'm trying. I am trying. That's oh, the first ouch. time I've ever said it. It felt so good. Um, Tristan, have you seen the two Ohio outfields, what they are hitting this season? Nothing. Yeah. Please. Hard to do. Yeah. yeah. They fin- Cincinnati finally got a hit from an outfielder other than Puig. Matt Camp, like, yesterday was a pinch hitter or something. Winker's off to a terrible start, but I don't care. Like, I, what Winker, what we projected for Winker has not changed. Unless they don't play him, which is possible. But, like, if Winker had a hitless week in June, nobody would notice. Why are you noticing in the first week of April? Not, I'm not changing a thing on Jesse Winker. So <laughs> it surprises me a bit that Cleveland, we knew that outfield wasn't going to be very good. That was going to grade one of the worst. Cincinnati is a loaded outfielder. There's a lot of lot of players there. It'll be fine. There, there is an elite talent in there. The The reason I think people are panicking on Winker, which is valid, is that Scott, Scott Shebler was the leadoff man in two of the five games, and Winker didn't play either of those. And they were against righties, which is the role that Winker was supposed to occupy. Everyday leadoff man against right-handed pitchers. Didn't happen. That's it. That's the only thing that concerns me. That concerns me, too. But for all we know, he had a bellyache that day. I don't know why that didn't happen. But Shevler doesn't have any hits either. <laughs> so, right, 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 right. But but that, but the I thing think, is that, that in that outfield with that competition, if one of them gets hot and it's, it happens before Winker does, it's going to be a playing time issue. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's – and look, if they're not hitting by June, Scooter plays second and Peraza plays left. Like, they, they make changes here. And Senzel plays center. Like, they'll just bench them. Although David Bell is a first-year manager, I would think he'd want to build around Winker a little bit here. I just think it's a little too early to, to panic. Yeah, All I right. agree. What's uh, what's next? We got one more here, and if it's too early to panic on those guys, is it too early to crown Adam Jones a Hall of Famer? Mark wants to know if his strong starts indicative <laughs> of what we can expect the rest of the way. <laughs> Hall of Famer. Oh yeah. <sighs> By the way, he hasn't walked yet. Yeah, he sure, sure hasn't. Um, really nice guy. Great guy to interview. I, I like Adam Jones. He's hit three solo home runs so far and three doubles. Uh, no walks. I, I just don't think there's anything different here than there was last year. Like, he's probably going to play every single day. Like, he's going to get 145 games, 600 plate appearances, and hit 18 home runs and steal five bases and bat 280. He always bats 280. He's a career 278 hitter. So, 280 with 18 home runs, 72 RBI, and five steals. That's not a top 50 outfielder. I'm sorry. I'm not changing my... The only reason I'm changing my uh, initial take on Adam Jones is because Steven Souza is out for the year, and they don't have a replacement. So Adam Jones is going to get 600 plate appearances. If you got him in and only, good for you. 18 homers, 72 ribs, and five steals, and 280 is good. You know, like what Nick Markakis does every year is really good in and only. In a standard mixed, no. And in a standard, in a, in a standard point, in a points league, which is the standard now, he doesn't walk at all, people. He, he has averaged like 30 walks a year, 
for his career. He ain't drawing walks. In fact, it's exactly that. Like, oh, my yeah. God. He just yeah. 24 walks, 27 walks. So, like, in a points league, he does not help you as much as you think. Yeah. In a Over- roto league, he also doesn't. Overrated points league player. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. a very good and very consistent player, and he's in a ballpark that's still fairly hitting friendly, probably comparable to Baltimore, even with the humidor there. And that's a good situation. And you kind of fell into value based on where he was drafted after the Sousa situation. But I agree with you on all counts here with, with uh, Jones. I think, you know, he's not a star anymore. And as a matter of fact, if we're going to go small sample circus, I'll throw you this. He's seventh out of 190 qualifiers in strike zone rate which means pitches in the strike zone, the rulebook strike zone. That means they're pouring it over the plate for him. So that does partially explain how he's doing so well. Why would you ever throw right. a strike to him? I don't know. I don't get it. I, I don't know. Like, it's a small sample. You, you could have just fallen into having thrown a pitch in the wrong spot. I guess. I mean, it could be like Mankata homering off you know Cleveland's bullpen, other than Brad Hand. Like, I, I, I don't want to – it's a week. I'm not ready to say – Adam Jones is awesome. Yohan Makata is awesome. I can't do that yet. I mean, if you look at the top of the player raider, I mean, obviously there's some pitchers on there. Hyunjin Ryu, who's mm-hmm. looked good. Marco Gonzalez has looked good. David Hess, are you kidding me? No. Right. Um, but I think there's a difference the between Makata and Jones. I think we'd both agree on that. Um, in value, there might not be. I mean, I think people just want to love Moncada so much because he's young and, and can be a five-category player. But he can't be a five-category player. He can't for average. And I don't. I'm not. I'm not ready to say he will this year. Give me the updated batting average you project for Yohan Moncada. Is it over 250? Probably not, but I am moving closer to it. I, that's the okay. point here. I'm not changing the Adam Jones projection for batting average one point. I'm not doing it. Moncada. I'm a little more tempted to do so because first of all, he's young, heading in, you know, heading towards the prime years of his career, and there are hints that maybe he has improved something. But I mean, we're talking. Yohan- couple points. Yeah, you're right. And I bet Moncada has seen Ferris Bueller's day off. That's another thing. That's <laughs> working in his favor. Stock is way, it's rising as we go here. Um, it's not hard to see up. either, Kyle. Come on, it's on about a thousand times a day on TV. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you don't even watch TV though, do you? I, I mean, I see sports. If it's not like on a commercial break, then I miss it. And even then, I don't really pay attention to the commercials, so I could have missed it. Your TV is basically on ESPN all the time. I have like seven. three channels and that's one of them, yeah. <laughs> He's a company man. Uh, yes, he is. There's a drop for that somewhere. Yeah. Um, th- yes. Look at that. Yes. I'm getting the hang of this football show. You, you're the best producer we've ever had. How about that. You're the only one who wants to. Thank you so much for listening to Fantasy Focus Baseball. We really do appreciate. I think the three of us do appreciate those who listen to our show, and I think we'll be with you all season long. It'll probably be this, this threesome. I don't know what happens when football starts. Tristan might have to produce. But um, anyway, thank you for listening. We will be back on Monday, the three of us, to talk baseball. Hopefully no major injuries. We hate the major injuries, the Trey Turner thing. That that hurts. I, I Right away I was like, oh, where do I ha-? I knew I had him on a non-ESPN team where I could pick up somebody pretty easily. But like a head-to-head league, I didn't plan for other guys on my team stealing bases. So I picked up Kettle Marte, but I could lose steals every week. So be a problem so hopefully no injuries but maybe julio Urias is a topic on monday certainly we'll do a closer carousel on every show from now on so thank you to kyle thank you to tristan i am eric have an awesome weekend everything is awesome darkness